Welcome to Anti-Aging Insights, where age is a state of mind and aging is a treatable condition. And now, here is your host, Dr. Terry Fisher. Welcome to this week's episode of the Anti-Aging Insights Podcast. I am really excited to have a special guest, Michael Lim. We're going to be talking all about mental health and aesthetic medicine. Hey there, Michael. Welcome to, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Welcome. Thank you for uh, inviting me. <laughs> it's, it's great to have you here. Yeah, yeah. Having a pleasure, yeah. I've had the pleasure of getting to know you over the past little while, actually through CBAM, which has been a lot of fun, learning great techniques from you. And I wanted to have you on to talk about something that you're passionate about. But before we even get into the whole topic of mental health, maybe I can ask you to introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners, to the viewers, and just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are. Yes. So I have um, an extensive nursing background back in the Philippines. I studied nursing back home and then I went to Canada became a psychiatric nurse. So I'm very passionate about mental health. Not too long ago, I ventured into um, aesthetics. So a lot of times, you know, when I see clients in aesthetics, quite a bit of overlap between, you know, aesthetics and, and mental health. So I really wanted to touch down about this subject because it's very passionate for me and I love helping people making themselves look best physically and mentally. That's awesome. So can I just clarify, because I'm not sure about this. So are you still currently working in psychiatric nursing as well? Or are you doing just strictly aesthetics now? Yeah. So my first, my full time is psychiatric nursing. So when I'm not injecting injectables, you know, when I'm not injecting Botox and fillers, I'm actually giving antipsychotics in the <laughs> downtown east side. So it's, it's quite different because, you know, when I'm doing aesthetics, I, I give Botox and uh, fillers when I'm not working in aesthetics, I give um, antipsychotics. So it's like a different end of spectrum. Yeah, I was just imagining because those are two very different populations to be working with. Yeah, yeah, but, but we know there's quite a bit of overlap because I see clients in, in aesthetics and sometimes, you know, it kind of overlaps because one thing I noticed when people come in aesthetics to see you, it's more so like a, a therapy because sometimes it's, you know, it's a life-changing event or sometimes people just want to feel good about themselves. Sure. This is really interesting. So as you said, the mental health side of aesthetics is, is, is something that you're very interested in. So can you talk a little bit about what it is? What is that overlap? Why do people come in to get treatments and how does that relate to their mental health, do you think? You know, sometimes, a lot of times people get treatment because particularly in aesthetics is because, again, I said earlier, uh, life-changing event. They want to look different. They want to feel different. Sometimes people come see you because of recent breakup, recent loss, or sometimes they just want to feel good about, the, about themselves. There's actually one study that they conducted that getting Botox really helped with depression. Just because, you know, when people get Botox, they look fresh, they feel fresh, the dopamine level, you know, spikes up and then, you know, how both dopamine level works, it gives an instant pleasure. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times when they see results and it just brightens up their mood and uh, gives them a very positive outlook in life. That's great. That's great. Have people come back to you after having treatments and talked about the way that it's, <clears throat> the way that it's changed their outlook on life or their mood or anything like that? Do you have any, can you think of any patients or any stories like that? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times 
when they come back for like their follow-up, once they start seeing the result, feeling the result, they become more confident with themselves. They're able to see things differently. They are more happy. So it's not just, you know, it's not just someone getting a procedure. It's more so like, you know, being part of their holistic process and getting better mentally and physically. That's interesting. Because when I think about mental health as a family doctor, we're, we're often talking about therapy and medications and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It just crossed my mind when I was hearing you say that. Could this almost be like a treatment for depression in some ways? I think it's got to be done for the right reasons. But what do you think about that? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. And in every treatment, you've got to assess for a lot of things. So it can be a good treatment for depression, but also at the same time, we got to look as a practitioner. I think it's important that we look into different types of personality because again, in mental health, there's also different personality flavors. A lot of times we see clients that have a lot of body dysmorphic disorder. So they see things differently. They wanted more. So again, that's, that's another aspect in aesthetics with mental health. So we got to see the patient not just in one aspect or in, you know, you don't just treat the aesthetic part of it. So you got to do a full um, mental health um, assessment if they're fit into uh, getting treatment. You don't just focus with, say, for example, with giving them lips or giving them nice cheekbones. You got to assess body dysmorphia disorder, um, personality disorder. So it's not just it's not just the physicality that you treat, but it's also important that you assess their mental health. Yeah, that's really good. Do you have any particular tips for people that are doing this type of work? How how you would go about assessing that? Are there certain ways that you would assess that when a client comes to see you to get a sense of their mental health, their mental state, and if there are concerns there? I think it's important that you build rapport in the beginning. So the moment they walk in, it's important that you are cautious as a practitioner. You're cautious about the language that you speak. Um, nowadays, with specific with gender role, it's ever changing the language. We should be, you know, be mindful about what the pronouns that we use. We got to make sure that we treat them with respect. Again, it's the initial interaction is very important so that you could build trust because again, when they come see you, it's not just for anesthetic treatment. They are there because they wanted to feel better about themselves and they wanted to feel safe. And as a practitioner, I think it's important that we create that safe space for them. That's great. What if you have somebody that is towards the end of the spectrum where you're talking about more of the body dysmorphic do you have any tips? How do you interact with those patients? Or how do you deal with those types of situations when those come up? You know, a lot of times it's more so giving constructive feedback because as a practitioner, I feel that they listen to you and, you know, just be factual and the language that you use, you need to be able to verbalize it in a caring way. It's okay to refuse treatment because at the end of the day, you know, it's your practice, it's your work of art. So you got to protect that as a practitioner. And also you got to protect the client's well-being because you don't want to treat someone who's overfilled. You don't want to give someone big lips if they already have big lips. Because sometimes you have to make sure that 
they are seeing what you're seeing objectively. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Well said. I think there's two two factors that come into play, at least from my perspective. I don't know if you agree with this, but like there's the one like, are you doing the patient a, like a, a disservice if you're if you're going too far with some of the mm-hmm. treatments? And the other one is it is kind of like your your calling card, right? Your 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 body of work. Yeah. So it kind of affects both people. Yeah. And I guess is that kind of what you were saying, or is that kind of how you feel about it? Yeah, and, and, and I explain this a lot of times when I see my patients. If they're wanting more, more and more and more and more procedure, mm-hmm. I tell them, you know, think of your face as a work of art, as a canvas. If you are putting a lot of stuff there to a nice art, then y- you would add, 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 add more colors and it becomes, because of abstract, the, the, the previous work of art is no longer there, but you're putting too much color, too much paint, then it just becomes very abstract. So if you have a nice work of art, then maybe perhaps we could stop and stay and enjoy what you have for now. And then later on, then maybe we could revisit a different procedure. So it's not just, you know, getting fillers, it's not just getting big lips, but there are other factors that we could do or help the patient achieve what, what they're looking for. Oh, that's great. I think it's such an important area that, that you've highlighted the mental health of it. And it's something that I don't think a lot of people necessarily really specifically address. Yeah. Um, it's great. And sometimes as a practitioner, you get we get too focused about the process, about the procedure, you know, about we wanted to help them as much as possible. But sometimes we got to ask ourselves, are we helping the person or are we adding another layer on top of another issue, basically. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I'm going to wrap up here in a bit, but I just want to ask you a couple of really fun questions, I think, to finish up to learn a little Mm -hmm. more. What are your personal favorite types of uh, treatments to do? Is there a particular type or a particular part of the face that you like to work on? You know, my aesthetics is very unconventional. I've been doing a lot of people that are transitioning from women to men uh-huh. or men to women. So a lot of transgender, I've helped a lot of people achieve feminizing their face or helping male patient transition to become a female or vice versa. So I think that's my favorite because being part of that transition is great to see them change, to see them grow and then be part of that process. I think it's very rewardful for me. That's amazing. That's actually, that's another whole topic. Maybe we'll have to do another podcast episode on that because we can tap into your expertise on what makes a masculine face, what makes a feminine face and how you go about um, sculpting that. Um, That's fascinating. That would be great. Um, For now though, Michael, I just want to say thank you very much for spending uh, a little bit of your time with us. Really, really appreciate it. Um, If people have heard you and they're interested in your work, like, can you share with us some resources or how can people connect with you? What are good ways? Well, my Instagram is nurseinjector underscore Mike. And also, if you guys are interested, if any medical practitioners are wanting to learn injectables, I am teaching at CBAM. You could see me there, and I'm one of the instructors there. If you want to learn procedures, you could register and sign up for a program, and I am there happy to assist you and help you with your aesthetic journey. Amazing. Well, again, like, thanks so much. I, I met you at CBAM, the Canadian Board of Aesthetic Medicine, a plug for them. And uh, it's been it's been a great experience. And uh, yeah, like I say, you're one, you're one of the uh, one of the instructors there. And it's, it's been wonderful learning from you as well. Thank you. I just want to say thanks again for spending time here. Really, really appreciate it.
Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Michael Lim, a psychiatric nurse and aesthetic nurse injector. Really, really valuable stuff. Really made me think about the mental health side of aesthetic treatments. As he said, if you want to reach out to him, please feel free to do so on Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, feel free to do so on Instagram as well. As always, my Instagram handle is at Dr. Terry Fisher, D-R-T-E-R-I-F-I-S-H-E-R, where you can always reach out to me on my website at drterryfisher.com. Until next time, be well, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Anti-Aging Insights. Stay tuned to discover more of the latest news, treatments, technologies, and developments in non-surgical cosmetic and anti-aging medicine. For more inspiration, to access the show notes, or to book an appointment with Dr. Fisher, Dr. Frame, or any of the other anti-aging professionals, please visit our website at antiagingvancouver.com. Until next time, stay inspired and live life well.